Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to episode four of the podcast. We're so sorry, but there was a problem with the audio this week. We ended up having to use what we recorded off the iPhone. We are sincerely apologetic for any inconvenience this may cause. Everything we do is to better serve our listeners and viewers. And uh, we'll be back on track next week. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the best podcast that you've ever listened to that's recorded in your living room. There we go. saved up enough money, I finally got everything together, and I bought myself an SM7B. Yeah. And guess what? It's completely overhyped and everything. And he was like, just blowing it up, you know, and just like dogging on it and everything. And then all like the sound engineers came on and said, bro, it's way too far away from your face. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as he put it up close to his mouth, like, um, like I'm doing, yeah, instantly it was like, he removed that other video yeah. <laughs> like instantly and yeah, it's wow. pretty, pretty funny though. That's awkward. Yeah, no. Lots of vocal mics are, you know, condenser mics and those are super, super sensitive, mm -hmm. you know, but the SM7B has a lot of technology in it to keep everything at the same level. Yeah. And it's not compression. It's still completely raw audio, but it's just the most purest vocal I've ever heard recorded. Like this one's nice. Yeah. And this is a really great microphone too, that has yeah. an origin. It's it's like, you know, for under five hundred bucks or for under three hundred bucks. Okay, yeah, that's better. You don't have to break the bank and it's not too spooky <laughs> on the low mm -hmm. end. And it's not too crackly on the high end. Yeah. You know, it's got a good balance. And uh That's great. Yeah. So what you been up to, man? Well, I've been uh, editing this uh, podcast all week. <laughs> That's right. You switched computers. Pretty much. Just got a new computer. Yeah, it's good. And it's been a hell of a process getting everything switched over, getting all my files transferred. You know, if you're doing art or anything on a computer that takes a lot of storage space, just make sure you keep it organized from the very beginning. Yes. Because I'm having to dig through folders that, like, I just tried to make quickly as I was figuring stuff out. And it's oh. like, I'm probably going to spend the next two to three weeks, like, just organizing everything because I got all the files on this hard drive, but they're just okay. scattered, man. Shoot. It's just disaster. Yeah. I did that with my computer that I went through with uh, my Mac when I went through college. Just saved it wherever it made sense. It didn't make sense. Throw it on the desktop. Just throw it there. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, and now I'm going back and I'm trying to find some of these files, um, some of these forms and stuff that I, I put together in college and mm -hmm. I can't find them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I swear I had it here. And yeah, it's a, it's a bad deal, bro. I know I, I utilize the search tool a lot. Yeah. And then yeah. I write things down that I need to remember. Like, here's this one project I'm working on that, you know, needs to be done by a certain time. I can't mm -hmm. waste any time digging through files. Yeah. So I'll just write it down on a piece of paper and then search for it in the file yeah. explorer. Gotcha. To find it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Use the tools. I'm not the most tech savvy person ever, I yeah. would say. Um, but I, I figured it out. 
I'm really not either, bro. I, you know, we did, we made some little videos and stuff when we were kids, so I, I get it. Yeah. You know, you cut the clip up and audio works the same way. I just know a lot more yeah. about audio, but there's this uh, free editing software called Blender. Oh. Heard Blender? I, I've heard you mention it a couple of times, yeah. It's like, it's really um, meant for like animation and stuff. Okay. But, you know, it's a free software and they have a donation on their website if you want to donate. Oh. And, uh, you know, people started using it for animation and they started realizing they had a really good starting point in a software to incorporate a lot of different tools really easily. Yeah. And so they just added a timeline feature. You can open it up into a layout that's easy to animate in. Oh, you can open nice. it up into a layout that's easier to ex edit text in and stuff and make some presets. But every time I exported the video from that software, yeah. the audio was off. Oh. And I thought I had it up, like I, I cut it up in all the right places and, and, and put it where it you know, visually should have been. Yeah. Um, but it was still just way off and like some of the audio was speeding up and slowing down and like I think I added keyframes and stuff to I'm gonna have to experiment a lot more with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a lot to handle man. But I ended up just I, I tried one software before Blender. Uh -huh. So last night, you know, uh, today's Saturday, so yes, or today's freaking Monday. We usually film on, on Saturday, but yeah. So uh, last night, Sunday night, I was trying to get the episode up and kept exporting it in different ways, kept screwing it up, audio was all off. So I, I ended up just going back to the project file in an older software that I tried before Blender, exporting it from there. And anyways, that works. Huh. Episode three is live. Yeah. Everybody knows that by now. Yeah. Because we're in the future. We are in the future, bro. <laughs> Yeah, so have you heard about the next, um, I know this whole COVID thing is going on, I was freaking out about that, but have you heard that the, another, I, I've got a few things that I think about, um, whether this is an actual, like it's real or not, but the next thing to be freaking out about is, yeah, have you heard about the murder hornets? The murder hornets? Yeah. No. <laughs> Enlighten me. Okay. This sounds interesting. So they're like, they're hornets, right? they're like two inches long. So they're gigantic. And you can hear them coming because of their wings before you actually see them. Because they're so loud and so big. And um, oh my God. the venom that they have is like way worse, way more potent. Um, it's called the, it's like an Asian hornet is what it's called, or Asian super hornet or something. And they're only in Asia, right? But, I think I heard about them. Yeah, one of them made its way over to here. No way. Yeah. But it was dead. It was dead. It was a dead one. How'd it get here? Uh, probably just got itself on a box with, that was in Asia. Still away on the box. They loaded up on a ship and they and it made its way over here and it died in the ship. Dude, on what? Because, I mean, you think about it. There's no way that that thing could actually fly across the ocean to get here. Yeah. It wouldn't make it, you know? So it's, Hopefully not. Yeah. But it's, it's just, just kind of goes to show that what they do with the, uh, <laughs> what, it, what they, what the media does to things and how they hype it up, hmm. you know, like, no, I just did that to you. I was like, the Asian murder hornets, they're here. Yeah. There's one of them and it was dead, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's here, yeah. you know, so everybody needs to freak out, but. Deadly Asian hornet found in US. Yeah, yeah, it's, but they're pretty nasty, dude. What's going on, like, are people dying out there from those things? Uh, Is it getting worse? Humans aren't necessarily in any danger from them. They're just like any other hornet, you piss it off, it's, it, it'll attack you, you sure. know? But the main thing that is the problem is that it, they attack other honeybees. Yeah. And they, they literally go in because they eat the larva from these hives. So they'll go into these um, these hives and they'll start biting the heads off of all the, the other bees. And then just not eating them, nothing, just killing them. Right? So, um, and then it'll kill the queen and eat the, eat the larva is what it's just trying to do. Um, but, so yeah, and that's basically what it does. 
Um, and the reason it's such a bad, it's like, it's, it'd be bad if they were over here because obviously, I mean, bees are kind of on their way out being extinct. They're kind of endangered, endangered right now. Yeah. And, um, they don't have any, they haven't built up any defenses against them because what the honeybees in Asia do is usually one or two, I'm pretty sure one will attack a, a hive and all the bees will jump on it and like put, get it in a big ball so it can't get away. And they just start beating their wings and it draws in all the heat and they basically just cook the hornet to Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> and they, yeah, and that's the only way that they can defend against it because they, the, the other hornet just doesn't care. And, um, but we, but our bees don't have that because obviously we don't, they don't have any predators. They wouldn't know what to do, mm. you know? So you that's know, the only thing that would be an issue. Do you know if they're making any effort to get rid of them? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's mainly what the media is spinning it is like, they want to make sure that when people find it so that they can be like, okay, they bring in the experts. They, and if there is a hive here or if there's a nest, they can eradicate it. Dude, that's sketchy. Yeah. It's a little scary. I don't like bees, but me either, man. I know you're allergic to them, so. <laughs> uh, not long ago, I went on a hike with Ryan, and we we hiked Hamilton Mountain. There's this huge, huge bee at the top. I, I don't I don't know where, what kind of bee it was or where it came from, but dude, it was that. It was like as big as a dragonfly. Really? And it was it was loud too. Wow. Yeah. And it felt like. Sounded like its wings were plastic, just clapping. Oh, like it was a big ass bug. <laughs> I don't know. It was yeah, weird. You know, thanks. Yeah, it's gross. It's really gross. But, you know. yeah, yeah, I've only gotten stung by a bee one time, and that was when I found out I was allergic. One time? Well, I think I think I've been stung after that, but it might have just been a bite, or it wasn't the the type of bee that I was allergic to. Oh, okay. But yeah, this one time I uh, snuck out at the house, <laughs> mom and dad's house in the middle of the night to go hang out with one of my ex-girlfriends in uh, <laughs> her treehouse. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, there's a, there's a bee in there and I, <laughs> it stung me in the back and, Ouch. and I had to go home. And I started drinking water and then my throat started to swell shut. But I didn't want to tell mom and dad. Cause Yeah, because they would know. I could tell you. I'm doing outside in the middle of the night. Yeah, I then, <laughs> then I would have to give them my phone for a week and you know how that goes. Yeah. But uh what did yeah. you do? What did you do? Just wait till it goes away? I think I took a Benadryl, or maybe not. It wasn't it wasn't too bad of an allergic reaction because it was my first time. Yeah. But they told me, the doctor, after I went, uh, that if I got stung again, it would be worse. Dang. So I ended up, I think I told mom and dad that uh, it was in my room. Yeah. I think that's what I told them. That makes sense. You had a Sorry, mom. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's crazy. So have you, what have you been doing? For like haircuts, I have not gotten a haircut since quarantine. Yeah, yeah, me neither, man. It's Your beard's like, looking pretty fierce, dude. I know. Like, I was funny yesterday. We had some wind. I went to the store, and the wind would come up, and it would just like start blowing my beard all over the place. You know, it's getting to the point where <laughs> external forces are starting to affect it. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy forces. You know, so. I'm really looking forward to when those things start to open up again, you know? Yeah. But Same here, bro. Um, I think, um, you know, it's kind of, it's hard to stay off the topic of the coronavirus right now just because, you know, it's it's in front of us every day. Yeah. But um, moving on here, we do have a good, we do have some good questions. Cool. From the community. So let's see if I hit the applause. That's not the applause. <laughs> Shout out to the community, the pot heavy community. You guys rock. The heavy nights. Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. We love you guys. <laughs> so, Mr. Chase, Mr. St. Wild, 
There you go. Uh, an artist I've been working with for a while, one of my great friends, Mr. Chase. Love you, bro. Check out his music. I'll put links down there. Um, he asks if you could rewind to any week or weekend of your life and have somebody film and document it, what time would that be? Like, does it have to be like meaningful? I mean, not, well, obviously it's gonna be meaningful. Whatever comes to mind, I guess. Yeah. Um, we went to Disneyland. Disneyland? For the first time, bro. That was, it was crazy. Cause it was like, we went for a week and it was a family vacation. And none of us have ever been there except for mom and dad, I think. Yeah. Mom and dad have been there, but it's been a long time. And uh, first time we were like, how old were we? Frick, I was 15, 16. Yeah, I was like 19. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, um, but yeah, we went there on vacation for the first time. It was great. That was a blast, was man. So much fun. We didn't get to do a lot of stuff like that. No, we no. didn't. I think that's why, that's what made it so like impactful. Yeah. And, you know, and we're just like, we're all in really good shape at this point too. So we're just like running around the park as fast as we possibly can, just going on every single ride possible. Cause we were there in the middle of the week. Yeah. You know? So there was nobody there. We didn't have to utilize fast passes or nothing. Mm -hmm. We just go. Yeah, yeah. We picked the right time to go. Yeah. So that was really good. That was a, kind of the first thing that kind of pops into my head. Just, but the California screaming was closed. Oh, that's right. Not yeah. whole section of the park was closed, right? Yeah, the one that's had all the big roller coasters on it. It's like, how are you going to complain? You're in freaking Disneyland. I know, right? <laughs> I kind of felt that urge to complain about it, like, well up inside me when I first saw it. Dude, I was then about I was to like, cry. Yeah. Then I was like, wait, how can I be mad about this? I'm in Disneyland, you know? I'm Disneyland. <laughs> and there's, when they did the fireworks or the parade or something, you know, me and Michael and Devin weren't too stoked on that, so... We went and just rode Splash Mountain like 17 times. Yeah. We just went around and around and around and around. So a couple times the line was so short they didn't even make us get off. Yeah. It was just like, you guys want to go again? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. After we did it like five times in a row, I think that kind of caught on to what we were doing. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, they let us pick what seat we wanted to go in. So yeah. we got the one that got us like the most water. We were just sound funny. Yeah. That was great. That was so much fun. That was That's so cool. Fun. I think um, that was a really memorable time. Um, I think if I could film or document any part of my life, uh, it'd probably be when um, I was living out in Washougal with Ryan and Chase was pretty much living there for a couple months too. You know, we, we all three had sleepovers in there. We got into all kinds of trouble. And <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we, we were fighting ourselves during that time. And we were, you know, three kids who came from a Christian background and we were passionate about music. And Chase is gay. Uh, Ryan is, 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 you know, he's right. kind of an outcast, <laughs> you know, according to his background. And so am I, you know, and so we, uh, <laughs> man, we had some good times in there. Maybe we'll talk more about it later. Yeah, that, that would make a good, you know, like special on Netflix, you know? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I really want to have them both on here and, yeah. and go through some of our stories and stuff. That would be, that'd just be a blast. That's one of my goals with this podcast is just to really get comfortable with myself and really get open online and just put it all out there. You know, I want to have a, a library that, you know, our grandkids can look through and, and, and watch episodes of this and, be, and just for you, like how cool would it be to come across like a YouTube series that your great grandpa did? Yeah. You know, and if your great grandpa did something impactful, then you could study him and not even, not even like study his work and figure out what he did, but also study his mannerisms and, and see how you relate to him and, mm. and how the blood's passed down. And like, yeah, you know, that'd be, That'd be awesome. So that's the kind of legacy I want to leave. But anyways, next question. What are the pros and cons of working out with music? The pros and cons of working out with music. Okay. Yeah. So um, 
depending on what you use music for, and most of the time, people use it as kind of like a, a stimulant, kind of a, you know, something that gets them pumped and gets them ready to go. Oh, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, so it's, and it, and it's, it's, it's really good for that, but just like any other sort of stimulant, like caffeine or pre-workout, which is basically just caffeine. caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts that shit rocks, by the way, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pre-workout has its place for sure. Um, but music. But music is, uh, so it can, but it can kind of become this point of like, it starts to lose its kind of initial punch. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's kind of the effect because uh, for a lot of people, working out is meditative, yeah. right? And adding that level of music on top of this kind of, struggle and kind of thing that just really makes you in the moment and present um adding music to that can um help you uh, actually get into this place of meditation right so um so yeah so that that would be the one thing about so the pros of using music uh, for your workouts, it really does help you get in the moment and help you to just become grounded in reality. But there is the other side of it. Like if you're very, very, um, if you, if you've been dialing in your workouts for a really long time, right. And you've kind of, you've gotten to the flow of it and you know exactly how much stimulant you need. You've got your routine down in your head. Yes. It's just dialed. Right. If say a new Beartooth album comes out and it's just rocking, you might have an awesome workout that day. Well, yeah, you're gonna have an awesome workout, but it might push you to go heavier. Oh, it might push you outside of your original structure. Sure. Which, and if you're dialed and you're you're seeing these incremental like steps, if you push it, like all of a sudden add. A lot more weight than you were originally going to it can throw off your entire um, schedule yeah so that would be the one thing that I would say about being careful with music yeah right so just being able to to find out what music um, is gonna get you in the right mood and the right mindset for what you're gonna try to accomplish that day but also maybe even going a couple of days with no music yeah you know and that way you can kind of get that, that oomph back in that the, the workout can do, you know. So that's interesting. The music can do. So. Well, I've definitely found it to be to work very similarly to caffeine or yeah, yeah, or or any other drug. You know, it, if you if you work out with music, and then you work out without it, it you're gonna notice a difference. I, I work out with music every single time. Yeah. And if I don't have my headphones. Mm -hmm. I have, I sometimes have a hard day right. in the gym, you know, yeah. it's hard to, to, to push myself because that's, that is absolutely my addiction yeah. is music. So you also want to be strategic about how you use the music too, you know, or don't use your music. Say you have like a, a mobility day that you're going to do. Yeah. Right. Um, so then that might be a good day to not have music because if you're playing Slayer in the background. It's really hard to just slow down and stretch. Yeah. So what are you saying about your, um, how it can be bad not having your, your buds? Yeah. It's sometimes if, if, if I don't have the music with me, it's, it's hard to get going. Yeah. And another thing is I, this reminded me of this when Ryan asked this question, I heard this motivational speaker one time talking about how he, he does not work out with music. I think he was on the Joe Rogan podcast mm -hmm. and he was saying, no, he's like, headphones in the gym are you kidding like this guy is so die hard because he had it so hard in life yeah. he just grew up with unfortunate circumstances and just pushed himself every day and ended up being really successful yeah and you know he's just got a great story to tell and uh he was saying no i, I, I don't wear headphones because he's been trapped under cars he's been trapped in burning buildings oh and he's had to tap into that adrenaline rush to live out to do wow. superhuman things wow you know that's crazy yeah and so he and he attributes being able to get into that place without music because if he has music constantly he says what are you going to do when you don't have the music yeah 
Because what are you going to do when it's not there? Yeah, I mean, I would challenge that and say that, like, we, we as humans have this innate ability to just tap into something when we need to. You know, we have this ability to do that. You have a little more control over that. You don't really, I mean, just naturally, even if you do have music, like if some, if a, a car is on top of you and it's squishing you, um, your your body's gonna react. Boom! It's gonna be there. You're gonna get it. You're gonna be able to get do what you gotta do. Yeah. So, but I, I understand what he's saying. I understand what he's saying. Mm. But, you know. That's a, that that turned out to be a really good question. Yeah, that was a good one. I thought Ryan was just trying to kiss both our asses by asking <laughs> no. a question that was related to both topics. But Thanks for the question, Ryan. <laughs> you rock, bro. Uh, Grandma asks, what is the purpose of life? Pancakes. <laughs> Pancakes, dude. Yeah, no. See you guys next week. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Mic drop. <laughs> that's expensive. Yes, that's an expensive mic drop. <laughs> Purpose of life? Ooh. I, you know, oof. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I just think that it's to be happy and, you know, to try not to hurt anybody. You know, justify your existence by going out and doing something that you're passionate about, that you love. You know, find people who you can connect with, who love and care about you, help other people grow, um, make art, you know, utilize the abilities that you have, you know, on a healthy level. Don't indulge too much into one thing. Uh, try not to have any addictions. Try not to let anything have power over you. You know, own up to your mistakes. Apologize when you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> I can keep going, but I yeah. think just being happy is, is, the, is the main priority. Because I think from a place of happiness and contentment, you know, there's a lot of things you can build on that type of a foundation. Yeah, and I think that there's a, a that's, you make a good point of like, you know, okay, the purpose of life is to be happy. Okay, that makes it sound like everything should be perfect all the time, right? So I wanna, sure. I wanna add on this and tell me what you think about this, but there is a, a way to actually find contentment, to find happiness, to find fulfillment in the struggle, in the problems, in the day-to-day just grind. Because um, I used to have this mindset when I was younger that I'm gonna get to a point where I can just press play on life and I can just go, you know? And I was, I really, 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 really wanted that. And I thought that that's, that's where I need to get to be happy. I, I relate to that a lot. Yeah, and I just, and I, not quickly, and I resented this for a long time. I, I resented the fact that no, you do have to be present. You do have to be in the moment and kind of trying to find your happiness in the day-to-day struggle, in the day-to-day grind. Even when things don't feel right, it's not, it, it's not enough to just, you know, think that there's at that point you start I started to think that there's something wrong with me everybody else is happy everybody else can just go day to day moment to moment just be fine and just go but me no I can't do that Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what it set what it set me up for so I would say yes try to find out how to be happy I mean what makes you happy and be happy in life but also try to find ways to be content and try to find ways to be okay and accepting and not resistant towards the struggle that's going on around you. Mm. So, yeah, not trying to look too far ahead, but, you know, also just being grateful for where you're at. Yeah. I know that doesn't really answer the question, you know, what, what do I think the meaning of life is? You can't answer that question directly. It's such a huge question. Yeah, I mean, I, it's very different, drastically different from one individual to the next. Because one person like me and you can be entrepreneurs, we need to be doing our own thing, we need to kind of be the guy, Yeah. you know? But, and that would be happiness, that would be kind of our, the meaning of life, you know, right? You could say, but for other people, they're just like, no, I need somebody else to be above me. I need somebody else to tell me what to do. I need to be able to, you know, and just kind of, you know, and so it's a completely different question to every, to everything. Yeah. Each individual person is is completely different. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, Brianna also asked a really good question about, um, I didn't write it down. I don't know why I didn't get it, but she asked, what's the biggest struggle you guys have encountered as entrepreneurs? The biggest struggle? I think that's what the question was. Something yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. I remember seeing that. Um, um, do you have an answer? Yeah, I do. Okay, go for it. I'm still I, thinking mine over. <laughs> I think the, one of them is just, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you start a business, I don't know if it's, if it's a struggle for generally for people who start businesses, but for me, you know, I'm very in tune with what everyone else is saying about what I'm doing. And it makes it really hard to get down to what I really think and what I really believe mm. and what I think my next cover should be, what I think my next song should be about and what style I should do it in, you know, cause I'm always listening to the feedback and, and trying to make music to please people. And, and lately I've just been trying to create more freely, you know, uh, but that's another struggle is, is once you get into the business side of things on your, on your art form, uh, you have to make some changes and some adjustments to kind of accommodate for how the business goes. And a lot of artists will say, well, no, I don't accommodate for anybody. You know, I, I just play my music and I play it the way I want to play it. And, mm. and yeah. nobody can say anything. Okay. Well, yeah. you, you know, you can go keep playing over mics then. Yeah. But you're not going to be playing at the Rose Garden. Right. You're not going to be playing at the Gorge or, or Red Rocks in Colorado or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that that's, that's, that is definitely a good way. Um, and that makes me think about just kind of the step after that, once you've kind of figured out who you are and which, what you have to bring to the space. Yeah. For me is, um, was just then actually stepping out, having the confidence to get out there and say, here's what I think. Yeah. This is me, you know, this is who I am. And because with this day and age, there's, there's trolls, and then there's also like people that are below you, you know, what if you say the wrong thing mm. you just led these people astray? Yeah. Um, and then there's also the things of like, what if somebody who knows more than you comes in and says, no, you're wrong, uh, you yeah. know, and then openly and say they're an asshole and they openly just, you know, rip you a new one yeah. and totally discredit you, you know? And it's just like, it's the things that are constantly going through my mind every single time I put out a, uh, Piece of content. Yeah, just content of any sort, you know, and you know, but it's a it's a good thing because then it, it drives me to be like, okay, I need to be on top of my game. I need to find out what's the most, you know, relevant content, what's the best stuff. Yeah. So I guess there's that there's that good part of that, but also it's but it can be crippling, you yeah. know, you know, because there's been a lot of times where I just like don't do anything because I'm afraid of what other people are going to think and what they're going to do. What That's say. dude. So, same here, man. That's why it's so great that we're doing this podcast together. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it takes a little bit of that weight off your shoulders. Huh? Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, I think it's really good for us to set that example, you know, just in and of itself, brothers getting along. Yeah. That's, that's awesome for people to see, I think. And, and, you know, also just, just the way we, relate to each other and the way we respect each other's ideas and, and don't talk all over each other. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're just real with each other. You know, I think young guys really need to start, you know, getting more open with each other because a lot of guys dress a certain way and act in a certain way to try to impress women or they do things to try to act cool and they want to be tough. You know, me and you, we're, we're big dudes. We're tough. And we can squat a hundred pounds, but, but like, you know, we're, 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 we're teddy bears. <laughs> we're sensitive yeah. guys. Yeah. And we're open about that with each other. And we mm -hmm. compliment each other to, to lift each other up. And I always say, love you, bro. And, yeah. and like, I think, I think we need more of that. Definitely. Definitely. Episode four, everybody. I used this one last week, but it's a good one, man. I've been busy. <laughs> Technical difficulties. I got lots of podcasts to edit, man. Yeah.
Gang. <laughs> it's funny, there was this, uh, there was a rapper that I had in mind when I made this beat. Because um, I put out that beat mixtape with uh, all those, those A hip hop beats on it. And I was talking to Dustin, uh, who's Joker on SoundCloud. I put him down there too, he's a great rapper. Um, uh, I had him in mind when I made that beat because I heard him rap into a beat that was similar. And sure enough, 10 minutes after I post the beat package, he posts a freestyle on a Snapchat story with that beat. In the background. <laughs> that's right. And that's I'm great. like, that's great. That's how you be a good producer. You got you to get in touch with what the other person wants for their song. Yeah. And, and, and push that, you know, but okay. while still adding your own flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Good. So uh, let's see. Last week I announced I had some videos on YouTube. So we got Kryptonite up, and this week, Truthfully by DNCE is out. It's a new cover I did on YouTube. So check that out. It's in the description. And uh, yeah, I took a little poll for on Facebook to see uh, what genre people gravitate more towards. So I listed four. I said, like for rock and roll, heart for hip hop and R&B, <laughs> wow react for EDM, and sad for pop. Sad for pop is pop is pop. Is it? <laughs> is it though? I don't, I, there's a lot of pop that I like. I don't, I don't really <laughs> yeah, it turns out rock and roll uh, won with 13 votes, and hip hop and R&B came in second with six. So that's half as many as rock and roll. Then two wows for EDM and two votes for pop. All right. So it seems to me like there's a shift that's going on. You know, and I've been kind of talking about this for a while. Mm. Maybe it's just my friends because I because I like rock and roll, but I I it seems to me like rock and roll is going to be coming back. Good. People are getting tired of this <laughs> pop music, pop music, pop music. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what's on the radio. That's what you hear at the club. Like these EDM DJs are playing more shows than any artist because they basically just have to press play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know there's some of them that are doing cool shit like bringing bringing like guitarists on stage and remember at Paradiso one year I saw Zoo live and uh, he had a saxophone and electric guitar player battling oh that was so dang cool. but anyways so that's why I put the Kryptonite video out first was because yeah. of rock and roll rock and roll one so yeah I did that and I also wanted to talk uh a little bit about being a good studio musician today. Um, okay. Because, you know, last week we talked about how as soon as you jump in the booth, the first thing the producer does is throw on a click track. Yeah. You know, and that, that is something to get really, really, really good at, no matter what kind of artist you are, no matter what instrument you play, whether you bang on buckets, whether you're playing a tambourine, whether you're fucking playing a kazoo or, I don't know, you know, play to a click track, zone it in, play at the same tempo, don't speed up, don't slow down. Dave, my boss at Bentby was telling me about this guy, this drummer, who said, what tempo are we at? 120? Looks at his watch. Oh, whatever. Counts out 120, no click track, bro. Plays for 10 to 12 minutes, does not change at all. Dave takes out his metronome. 120 every time, every time, all the way through, to like maybe one BPM. I don't know. I wasn't there, but that's the story you told. <laughs> uh, that is the sign of a good drum. I don't care about any of that, dude. All I care about, dude, is this. All that click. So that's what I've been trying to get really, really good at as yeah, a drummer. That's good. You know, as I'm learning drums. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You gotta kind of fit into a box when you're when you're a studio musician. You can't be want to be a show off. No, no. I try to get fancy every once in a while in there, and that's when I would get off the click, and then you know, you get to the end of the song, recording stops. All right, let's do that again. You know, and then I would play again. I tried to do something fancy. Get to the end. Okay, let's do it again. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm just, I'm just not gonna. 
I don't do anything fancy. I'm gonna just just play the song the way it needs to be, and um, you know that's it. Continue the song. All right, good. Let's move on. Yeah. You know, as soon as I did that, we got a good take. Nice. So. Well, I think it, it just takes a couple. It takes at least three before you really get it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Definitely. I'll do. I'll do at least three with everybody. You know, I rarely do less than three. Mm-hmm. I'll do five usually at least. Get something to pull from. Yeah. But one of our one of one of really good studio musicians that we have at Dempy right now is Dustin Rose, who's a Christian artist on the label, and the dude is awesome. He's so much fun to work with. <laughs> we just have a blast. Not every time, you know. We 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 work together a lot, so we, you know, it's creative. There's creative energy flying yeah. around and everything, but and that's the way it goes in the studio. But for the most part, you know, me and Dustin have been really good friends. And his, he plays guitar, and guitar is really important to be played the same way every time. Yeah. And it's a bummer that it's that way because most guitarists really want to get fancy, really want to show off, really want to do something different every time, really yeah. want to get fancy. And so, you know, with him playing it every time the same way, I can pick two takes, pay him one right, pay him one left, and they don't fall out of phase. They don't fall out of scene. Nice. They're... They're the same way every time. There's no groove changes. And yeah, dude. Yeah. A lot of times when you're making music, you gotta think from the other person's perspective. You know, I just I just kind of pointed out earlier how that can be a weakness for me. Um trying to think about what everybody else is thinking and cater to them. Yeah. You know, but to a certain extent you have to be able to see it from from their point of view, especially on the business side of things. Like if you're selling a product or a service you have to figure out why they need it, mm-hmm. you know, and why they should buy it from you. Yeah. And, you know, so I have to show these artists that I'm the right guy for the job. I'm creative. I can help take their song from zero to 120. Yeah. And give them a good mix and master. Yeah. You know. Are you, is it a list on of, of things? Is that what because I've, I've heard people, like I've heard like studio drummers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they, they would talk about was just um, playing with as many people as they possibly can, and not be, like before they get into the studio, mm-hmm. right? If you're trying yeah. to develop your your ability to be a good musician or studio musician, then just playing with as many different people as you possibly can, mm-hmm. um, and being able to adapt to any situation that you're in, yeah. Um, instead of being just locked into you know one genre or one type of music, you know one playing style, just being able to be, um, you know, flexible, versatile, yeah. adaptable. Yeah, you have to be. You know, you have to as. You know, you can go home and record a song and you can do whatever you want, but when you're in someone else's studio that they hired you to be there for, you know, you have to learn how to cater to what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. So I thought maybe we'd get into some music news. Just a couple things that I picked out from the headlines that I thought were kind of funny. Nice. Um, and then we'll move on to some fitness stuff. So it turns out the guitar Kurt Cobain played during Nirvana's Nirvana's famed MTV Unplugged in New York concert is headed to auction with the starting estimate of, you want to guess how much? A million dollars. <laughs> that was like, wow. What, what guitar is it, do you know? Yeah, it's, I don't know what kind of guitar it is, but it's the one he played at the MTV Unplugged in New York show. I don't know if that was... Their, their last show or or what? I think it was one of their big ones. I don't really, yeah, it was probably one of their big ones. Man. The guitar will be part of the music icon sale at Julian's Auctions, taking place June 19th and 20th in Beverly Hills. And on the Julian's Auctions website prior to the sale, the guitar will be dis- on display in the Hard Rock Cafe. Wow. In the Piccadilly Circuit, in Piccadilly Circus, London, made by Robot. The guitar is a 1959 Martin D18E. And the auction lot also comes with the original hard shell case that Cobain had adorned with a flyer for the band Poison Ideas 1990 album. Wow. Okay. That would be fucking cool. See, to have that guitar, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's gonna be a like one in like the music 
museums. Yeah, dude. You know, that's the kind of impact I want to make as a artist. You know, people are still talking about that guy. Yeah. Everybody's heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Yep. You know, yep. that guy. That guy shot himself. He died in mm -hmm. uh, in 1994, and you know, a lot yeah. of a lot, a lot of a lot of rock singers ended up doing that. Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Yeah. So cool to see Mike Shinoda on Facebook and Twitter right now, still just cranking it out. Yeah. Just making beats every day. You know how hard that is probably to maintain a music career after your best friend. Yeah. Dude, I was on the on that note, I saw a video pop up in, on YouTube once and it was just like Chester's like savage moments. Dude, that dude was Crazy, like he sounded exactly the same in the studio as he did on the record or like live. Yeah, you know, like on his albums, he sounded exactly the same. He could same voice, same style, same everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Talented dude. Yeah, he was something else. Well, in other news, uh, on the hip hop side of things, Snoop Dogg has hit out at Takashi 69 after the rapper began a huge comeback following his release from prison. The rapper, real name Daniel Hernandez, was released from prison last month after expressing fears over contracting coronavirus. Hernandez, who had served 17 months of a two-year sentence for racketeering, which is like poor business conduct, is now serving the remainder of his sentence under house arrest. Since his release, he dropped, he has dropped a new track, Gooba, which smashed YouTube's record for the most watched hip hop video in a 24 hour span. Oh. And this guy is a jackass, dude. This guy is, first of all, he's a mumble rapper and he's obsessed with just lean, which is like cough syrups type of drug that lots of rappers do. Mm. And I think, I'm pretty sure there are some allegations regarding like some like uh, rape charges or something. Mm. And, and, and it turns out Snoop Dogg, who's a real gangster yeah. and a real rapper, you know, one of the pioneers of hip hop is pissed at this kind of shit because these kids are taking over hip hop and they're tricking the kids into thinking what they're doing is cool when all the legends, you know, paved the way for these guys. And now they're putting, they're running their names to the dirt. So it says, however, it seems Snoop isn't a fan of the support received by Hernandez. He commented on an Instagram post shared by Tidal, which is a streaming service like Spotify. Uh, they got to stop. They got to stop pushing this rat. And rat is in brackets. <laughs> so he probably said something else. Oh. He uh, says, all these media outlets making snitching cool. I'm old school. F69 and everybody pushing his line right now. All the New York G's feel me on this. And what that means is all my homies who are gangsters, real gangsters, not posers, you know, <laughs> yeah. are actually about our business. And the streets are going to come back to life in hip hop if these guys don't knock it off. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, yeah. these, these rappers who are real gangsters, like, grew up having to fight for everything they had, like, on the streets, black, suppressed. Jeez. Like, Dang. That's crazy, but that, do you think it, his jail time and everything had to do with a lot of his, like, fame and that explosion that he got on YouTube? Or is it because people, he actually had a good following and people actually listened to him? I think he probably, you know, it was, that those aren't good hands to put that much fortune into, for certain, you know? I think he was already pretty screwed up by the time he got all that. Fame and fortune, you know? No, I mean, like, he, he comes out of jail, right? And he, he drops this track, and it just goes, it blows up. Yeah. And it sets all these records, uh -huh. right? Do you think that those records and stuff came from the hype of him just being out of jail? And people were looking at it that way? Or do you think it's because he actually had, like, a good fan base? Um, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what it is. There's a lot of controversy in hip hop as to why these kids are at the top of the charts and why 
people think this is cool. It's just about what's cool. It's the, it's the new wave. Everybody wants to be on the new wave. And now kids are getting phones. And yeah. like 12-year-old kids mm -hmm. are getting phones. And that, 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 that unlocks their entire world. They got access to whatever they want from that point forward. And so, you know, they go with what the, what the media is selling. And, yeah. I think, you know, some of these rap, I think, I don't know if Snoop Dogg signed 6 9 and that's why they got beef now, but I don't think signing Yikes. I should study more before I start talking. Yeah, about okay. These topics. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sound good. Anyways, uh, we have another question for music that I'll save for next week. Let's get into some fitness. Yeah. And we're going back to the That's all we got right now. All right, that's enough. <laughs> nice. Devin, what is the number one cause of back pain? This is like weights hitting the floor. Yeah, you just did your one rep max and deadlift and boom. That's good. Yeah, that's good. All right, uh, number one cause of back pain. So this day and age, it's not very, it's not a huge secret that we do a lot of sitting. We sit down a lot. Yeah. And that does a few different things, right? So first of all, you've got the hip flexors. So there's these muscles that flex the hip basically so bringing your bringing your knees towards your chest right hip flexion um those muscles are short when we're sitting down a lot. yeah so we do a lot of sitting our hip flexors get short and then when we sit up we stand up those those hip flexors they don't return to their full length mm. they stay at their short length so it kind of takes and it rocks the pelvis forward and kind of gives you this huge like uh, exaggerated lumbar curve which is a curve in your very very low back so you have this excessive lumbar curve so that does okay one more thing on that too and when you sit down you're sitting right on top of your glutes right so and that is they're not doing anything the pressure is kind of making them relax and kind of you know in a sense turn off so you probably you might have heard of the term luteal amnesia it it's not that you know, oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Gluteal and yeah, exactly. Everybody knows what that is. <laughs> no, no, no. Some, some people might know what that is, but it's basically where you just have a poor connection to your glutes. Like your brain doesn't have as a strong and like readily connection to that glute. So being able to contract and, um, you know, on, on cue, right? So yeah. you're just a little bit less involved is, is a good way of looking at it. So, um, so that happens, right? So now our pelvis is rock forward. Our glutes are turned off in a sense, and it doesn't provide very much stability through the hips, right? So now your hips are unstable. And when your pelvis is rocked forward like that, your glutes, and not your glutes, sorry, your core is now not engaged either. So you're just kind of hanging on the end of your connected tissue in your low back. And then whenever you go to like, twist real quick or you go to pick something heavy up your glutes don't fire your core doesn't fire you're picking up this whatever doing whatever movement with your low back now boom now you have low back pain so i think we've talked quite a bit about this you know already on this show but i think it's good for people to hear it multiple times because that's the most common thing yeah it's just fucking back pain dude yeah everybody's got it you know Plus, you could say, well, Devin, I do squats and I do lots of core exercises. And for whatever reason, um, I still have back pain. So another thing that, you, that could be an issue is I find that a lot of people, they, they do this. They do like isometrics, so not moving. So like planks and anti-rotation like anti type stuff. And it's all just stationary. Yeah. You're, you're strengthening the core in a stationary position. Mm. So if, if that's you and you still have low back pain, uh, stretch your hip flexors. Make sure you stretch those hip flexors. Just Google search, hip flexor stretch. Boom. It'd be, it'd be way easier to see. You need to be able to see me. I could try to explain, but it's a little hard to do it when I'm just sitting here. 
So Google hip flexor stretch. Make sure you do a lot of those. Um, look up like Kelly Starrett. Don't you have stuff on your page? Yeah, that I you can look at for hip have, flexors. I have a few. I don't think it's quite. I think I have some stuff on there. I'll, I'd have to look. But that might be a good idea, bro. Is just to pick a couple things that you get questions on all the time. Yeah, and just make like about that. Like six little three video series. Yeah. On each one. Yeah. So that yeah, I should do that. That way you can just be like, here's a couple good points. Yeah. If you want to learn more, you can go watch the series. Yeah. And on top of that, they're everywhere. So just look for a hip flexor stretching yeah. video on YouTube. I'll make some. It'd be good. And um, then try to incorporate like farmer's walks. So like heavy carries where you're actually in movement, but yeah. with the core su supported. And, and so that, that way you have it, if you're standing still, you yeah. you've got your core stable. And if you're moving, yeah. you have your core stable, which is your will support your low back and kind of keep you out of injury there. So that's what I would say about that. Still some strong whiskey, dude. <laughs> what is it? That's a bullet bourbon. Bullet bourbon? Yeah, that stuff's good. It's a good staple. I love this man. <laughs> Just coming over here and doing this podcast, having a couple of drinks. So how do people with high metabolisms gain muscle? Okay. Just tall skinny dudes. Yeah, all the tall skinny dudes. Shout out to the tall skinny dudes. <laughs> so it's the, it's playing into the two body types, which have kind of been like put out. So it's the whole ectomorph and mes what shoot. Mesomorph and endomorph? Yeah. It, something like that. Ectomesoendo. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, I think that's, those are the three. So those ones are kind of then, they used to be like, you fall into one of these three categories. If you fall into this category, do this exercise, this, this training style, and boom, you'll have, you know, you'll gain muscle or you lose weight or whatever. But what you're reaching, what you're referring to is the people that just have like this roaring metabolism all the single time, every single time they just like look at some cardio equipment instantly lose 10 pounds <laughs> you know and it's just it's 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 a real thing you know it's a real thing so um <laughs> <Those are different. laughs> uh, anyways so basically what it is is it's you've got just your your metabolism is going so fast and it's just really hard for you to put on weight so basically what you got to do is you've got to First of all, be very consistent with your workouts. Try to put on, like, when you're working out, make sure you send the loudest signal to your body to build muscle. On top of that, make sure you're getting your adequate protein. And I'm not talking about going to the GNC and just getting the biggest thing of protein you can get. You know, try to get chicken. Try to eat, like, have protein with every single meal, right? Real food protein, right? Try to figure out how to do that because the main the main thing that you're probably not gaining uh, the weight and the muscle is probably because you're just not gaining enough calories. Your metabolism is going so fast, you're burning so many calories that you just need to in, increase your calories with everything you can. So don't use um, don't you don't uh, use like olive oil. Right, use butter. Use lots of put butter in, in everything that you can, so you can just get those calories up any way you can. Yeah. Right, um, and don't skip any meals. You know. Yeah. So, so it starts with the diet. Yeah. For those guys, you got to go to Winco and just stock up. Yeah. Just start eating like crazy. Yeah. Get like cause you can go to Costco. You can buy a thing of chicken breast. And you can just grill up a bunch of chicken breasts or even by the chicken thighs got the more fat in it so you just stock up on chicken thighs um get get your carbs get your your um get some noodles get some breads in there just try try to make it as clean as possible though don't don't just stock up on taco bell and you know mcdonald's and stuff like that so yeah that would be another thing to think about but that's a, that's hard, man. I started by just eating McDonald's and pizza and whatever I could find. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I went from 120 to 200 in, in like, 
probably six years, five years maybe. Yeah. What was, what was less than that? It's probably three maybe. But when you really, but just I went from like one twenty to one seventy five in like a year. Yeah. Yeah. So your body was just waiting for the right stimulus to grow and put on muscle, right? So yeah. as soon as you gave that, boom, it just grew. And then you, you kind of hit that plateau of where it was, you know, your body was like, okay, I'm good here. Yeah. And you kind of had to say, no, we're going to be good here, you know? So, oh yeah. Another thing that I thought about on that, Joe DeFranco, mm. he's, uh, he's just an amazing, uh, it's a YouTube guy, right? Yeah, he's YouTube, he's on Instagram, he's, he does a podcast, the Industrial Strength Show, it's amazing, but he's an NFL combine guy, he, that's how he, he got into the fitness industry, really, was he would train NFL uh, players for to do the best they possibly could in the NFL combine, and that's kind of how he got his, his claim to fame there, and um, he made, he, and there's, he's gotten this question a few times, but he, he came up with a uh, weight gainer shake, so Google Joe DeFranco weight gainer shake Dude. and eat that and drink that like either with your meals or in between meals and you'll be in, you'll be in good shape. What's in it? Uh, protein powder, banana, um, peanut butter, and I think he even put some he whole milk and olive oil. I want to say and. Um, Something like that. He puts in a shaker cup and just drinks that, and it's like five hundred calories. <laughs> the meathead lemonade. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Is that? Oh, it's a different one. That's a different one. Meathead lemonades for his hydration that he does. That's a pretty good one too. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's important too. Yes. Staying hydrated, especially yeah. if you want your muscles to grow, grow. Yeah. yeah. Like creatine. What, what's your stance on creatine? Because I know people recommend that for putting packing on size. It's the only supplement that you should really be taking advantage of, I would say. Uh, amino acids, uh, there's some research out there that may show that it's good, but... What? It's, yeah. I See, I would recommend aminos over creatine. Yeah, creatine has been tried and true and tested over and over and over and over and over and over. And in every single study, it says that this does this. Yeah. Amino acids say, uh, it kind of helped in this, in the, it, it helps in endurance with like cyclists. And then you get down to the point, down to the bottom and it says like 1% increase. That's, that's been the thing is that they say it helps. And then you actually read the study and you see that the margins that it helps and it's like one, maybe 2% better. So it's, I would recommend for amino acids, if you've got every single, everything else dialed and you want to just take it to the next level, then yeah, okay, a little amino acids in there and it will, it will kind of help boost that up a little bit. But that's after everything. This is the problem I have with supplements, I'll say this right now, is that people have just terrible sleep. Their diet is not good and they work out here and there, right? And then they, they're like, I don't know why I'm growing. I'm going to throw on this protein powder when they could do, they could fix their sleep. They would see gains. They could fix their diet. They would see gains. Anything, just pick one of those and they would see gains, but they go, no, I want protein powder. So I think just sometimes it's whatever makes sense logically in people's brains. Right. And most people, they want that quick fix. They want something that they could just throw in water, drink real quick, and they're hoping that that's going to be the magic elixir yeah. that gets them to where they want to be. When, in all reality, it should be their diet, it should be their sleep, it should be their work, like looking at their workout. When was the last time they changed their workout in three years? They've been doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, and it just never changes. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, look at everything else. And then if you can't find anything wrong with your with your programming, your sleep, and your diet, then maybe look into some supplements. There you go. Save you a little bit of money. Damn, bro. People are gonna have to watch this like three times. Yeah, take notes, everyone. <laughs> Get your notepads out. Spot heaven. Bring in the about us man about to take over the podcast industry 
single dual handed bleed. <laughs> All we need is a little bit of whiskey and a couple microphones. There go, it's on YouTube. This is such a great show. I love it. Thanks so much for doing it, bro. Yeah, awesome. See y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in.